You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for episode 169 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Another month down, boys. That's one quarter of 2019 already in the books. Can you, can you believe that? I can. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I can, but I don't want to. Like It's gone by. Like It feels like we just had New Year. Yeah, no, this this last week has been brutal, bud. <laughs> it felt like two months. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty rough, but um, yeah, good times. Uh, if you're a patron of uh, the Carlos uh, Creates campaign, <laughs> you got hit with two songs today. Two. <laughs> Is that why it was a rough week? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, terrible. But uh, no, you know what? Uh is the second song like you just singing happy birthday to some rando? I wish it's like a 12 track song. <laughs> well, as long as you're uh, going to get hard on yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went all out, man. I really went all out. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but uh, we'll get into the nitty gritty in the Carlos Creates uh, Facebook page but um, or the Facebook group. It's uh, Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So, yeah, I'll... I, I, I can't believe it. One quarter of, of the year already down. But we are now, as you listen to this, we can officially say that we are in the month of Star Wars celebration. Woo! That's We're amazing. Right a couple weeks to go, and then we'll be there, and we'll, we'll be freaking out. Two weeks from tonight, guys, we will, we will be freaking the hell out. Oh, it's going to be great. Can't wait. So the, the, I'll just say it now. The show prep for that weekend is just to pay attention. Just have, be switched on during the weekend. Watch the panels because I like a little inside baseball here for those who listen. Um, I create show notes over the course of the week and then, then I send a copy to everybody late in the week, generally Friday, sometimes Thursday, in a rare case, sometimes Saturday, if there's not much going on. Uh, in this case, the news will be, just be happening all weekend long. But uh, of course, we'll be, do- we'll be mostly be talking about episode nine trailer and I guess Clone Wars trailer and Mandalorian trailer. I don't know how we'll fit all that into one show. But yeah, that's that, that's how we're going to attack Celebration. Just watch the panels, look at the trailers, and that's that will be our show notes for the week. But I can't wait. I can't wait to get to that. I'm, I'm The next two weeks will be tough. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. But let's not. I don't want to sell this podcast short. We, I think we have a pretty good one lined up. So we're, we're going to talk about Her, Werner Herzog for a couple minutes. Uh, and then some leaked art for episode nine. And we'll see if that's real or not. And then we'll, we'll ask the question of whether or not we've seen our favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Or if anything else will come along to beat it. We'll kick that around for a while. And then we've got a couple of questions from some powerful friends out there. So let's get right to it. But before we get to that, it's that time of month, guys. Yeah. And forgot it, about this. I almost did again, too. That's why I do show notes, because I write things down. But you know what? I, I haven't spoken about what the giveaway is, and I'm not going to do that here either. I'm just going to pull a winner, 
and that lucky so-and-so is going to get a package in the mail at some point in the near future, and then they'll see for themselves what it is. Bailo. Uh-huh. The focus of the prize is somebody who we will mention tonight. Mm. So you got you guys won't know either. All right, here we go. The winner for the mystery pack this month is none other than Mr. Derek Duvernay. Oh, nice. Yes. Congratulations. He joins the winner circle for a second time. We're starting to, we're starting to get some two-time winners now. Really? Yeah, Carlos. Amazing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carlos, you're a winner every day. Yep. I just feel as as a, as a white male in 2019, you know, oh, every day is 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 a man day for you. Every day is a win. This says I'm white. <laughs> That's very racist, man. <laughs> I'm insulted. Where's Wah. all this privilege? Where's all this privilege that I'm supposed Wah. to have? oh goodness gracious okay um how has your week been in star wars Corey? what you been up to uh it's pretty slow week in star wars to be honest you know uh a really nice weekend though i binge watched avatar just the first season there that was pretty cool took a couple of naps as well that was pretty magical (laughs) Uh, other than that uh yep no collecting wise been nice and slow I went out there. I kind of looked for the Grievous a bit there. I kind of really want that, that uh, Black Series six inch. But no, we also got uh, that con- coming up, and uh, I think the weekend of Endgame comes out. Definitely want to hit that up. There's going to be some Black Series, and possibly uh, I saw this vintage series Ahsoka there one year. That was pretty tight. Yeah, and- you're gonna have to drop a uh, hundred bucks on that one though. Maybe more. You. Would- he wanted 175, and that was like two years ago. Wow, yeah, that's a that that is no go. Yeah, Let's see if we make a bundle. I would trade. I would trade 170. I would trade like 250 worth of stuff that I have to get that, but I wouldn't spend 250 to get it or 175 to get it. It's it's pretty sweet. But anyway, who knows what tre- treasures we're gonna find there? There's all kinds of comics and stuff, and then celebration as well is right around the corner. Hopefully people hook us up some stuff if possible yeah save some we'll see save some sues carlos anything anything up with you this week Uh, aside from producing 12 track songs jesus uh i just finished i finished it at 9 10 like (laughs) 20 minutes before (laughs) we started recording this podcast and i started i started at one in the afternoon so uh it's uh quite um prolific if you if you look at it but uh, i didn't need to do two songs in a 24 hours pa- uh, span so um, wait, did you not feed your kids today or did you, did you not have them no i took i took little breaks to uh, to feed no no i had them <laughs> i took little breaks to feed them and uh i actually had time to uh, give them haircuts and uh you know shower in bed and all that stuff so uh, no you know what uh I, the thing is that when you when you start off with a plan and uh you know uh, the material well, it, it it's kind of easy. So I ha- I had an idea of what I wanted to do. So you know uh, I was able to produce it and uh, thank uh, the maker. Uh, nothing crashed on me, so it's beautiful. Besides that, man, things were good. Like um, just uh, I had a, a very busy week at work, and uh, 
But I took the opportunity because I have three weeks of vacation left until June uh, that I uh, I'm, I booked myself off for this next week and uh, another week at the end of April. So uh, I'm uh, vacationing and I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> You're still planning that overseas trip, aren't you? Is that still happening gonna, or, is, or is that, mm-hmm. is that, has that been scratched from the schedule? It's either going to go to September or to next May. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Overseas yeah. will still be there waiting for you. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I'll have a lot more material and uh, and stuff to uh, to bring with me. So. Cool. But always adjusting. Always adjusting. Absolutely. Uh, my week was also that was pretty slow, but I did take another step closer to finishing off the 40th anniversary set. I loaded up, I, I got into the car and I drove to meet somebody who I met on Facebook and he hooked me up with a mint fresh copy of R5D4. Nice. So you're just missing 3PO and R2. Correct. Holy Jesus. And, I, and again, like I paid 40 bucks for it, which is more than I'd like to pay. But that was, that was I think, an exclusive or at least a very limited, you know, limited availability. Uh, I had my hands on it. Yeah, dude, it was still kicking around in certain EB games. Yeah, but I, I, I'm just glad because I didn't massively overpay for it. Like once taxes in, you're st- I'd still be paying thirty five bucks for it. You know, twenty nine ninety nine plus tax. There you go, thirty five bucks. I paid forty. I can't really complain given the score I made two weeks ago. <laughs> Not only that, it was mint, right? Yeah, it's 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 you know it's got a tiny bit of wear to it. But I'm I'm very happy with it, and that would have arguably been the hardest one to knock off the list out of the three that I had lit left. R two is pretty hard. Yeah, R two is going to be tough. Like those two would have been definitely the Astromex would have been roughest to, to take care of. But R five D four is now off the list, so I now just have to look for the Laurel and Hardy of of Star Wars, and I, like <laughs> I'll be hitting two cons locally over the month of April. And so hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to put a pin in that collection once and for all. I've got a toy con here next weekend, which I'm going to, it's, it's free entry. So I figure I'll grab my son. We'll head over there while my, while my daughter jumps around at uh, an indoor playground for a birthday party. We'll kill a couple hours and maybe I'll get lucky and find R2 and 3PO. But I also spent part of this weekend uh, watching The Last Jedi while building Kylo Ren's TIE Interceptor or TIE, in- or TIE Silencer. It's This thing is mean beast, man. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, man, is it nice. So yeah, yeah it, took, it, it took a good couple hours. I'd say, yeah, I'd say probably all told about three hours to build, but I had my son all over me. He wanted to get in there and, and help and interfere, but it's nice. <laughs> oh, is it ever nice? This is my this is I mean I don't have a ton of Lego, but this is certainly my favorite piece that I've got. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah, a wide margin. It's nice. It's like a big size too. Like it's not like a s- small Lego. Oh no, it's 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 pretty big. Like it, when you s- measured from from you know wingtip to wingtip, it's 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 over a foot, and it's it's heavy too. I like that. It's it's a solid. It's, you know when you when you hold like the fuselage. It is a it's a solid little beast. I'm really really happy with it. All right, so that's it. That is my week in Star Wars. Watching the Last Jedi again while building the interceptor. Just yeah, 
made for a very, very, very nice uh, Saturday afternoon. But enough about that. Let's let's jump into a little bit of news from the week. And what I want to just kick around quickly is Werner Herzog is a villain in The Mandalorian, according to himself. Uh, he's speaking with IndieWire, and he said, Now this is not a secret anymore, a small part, real small part, in The Mandalorian, the Star Wars sequel, or whatever you call it. I like to act because I know I'm good on screen, but only if I have to play a real villain. Now, I, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anybody. Herzog playing a villain in Mandalorian, I, I don't know that anybody expected any differently, but uh, what do you guys think? What's what's your say, Corey? Uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as you there. It's pretty stereotypical, no surprise there. He likes to play the villain as well, but I, I just, uh, I have to say, I have to give him a big thumbs up for his uh, his big enthusiasm, you know? <laughs> or it's whatever like, you call not, it. Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm not really <laughs> in it. The, uh, the prequels or the sequels or the Nyquils, whatever you call them. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, like it's yeah. just a name drop. They just needed a heavy hitter. I'm in one episode. <laughs> I know I look good. Jeez, is 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 that your Arnold? I don't know. <laughs> it's like the sequels or the Nyquils. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, that that did strike me as kind of funny. It's the the the, the Star Wars sequel or whatever you call it. Oh, it's like dummy! Every... It's an offshoot. <laughs> no one sort of thing either, too. And he's just like everybody knows. Whatever. Yeah. What about you, Carlos? Are you surprised by this? Uh, not at all. No. no. I mean, if you just just looking at the guy, if if he if he's not a villain, then he's a shady good character. He just looks shady. So um, yeah, uh, I have uh, have no issues with this. Honestly, I have no issues at all with anything from the Mandalorian so far, as long as we don't see anybody from Rebels. Uh, I'm gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, Carlos is right. Rebels deserves its own time to shine. Apart doesn't need to be intertwined with the uh, with this show. What you mean from 2014 to 2018? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about moving forward with like Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra. Like that story. That's the only real story that's left now. What about I mean, Hera? You, yeah, you could kind of see her, but it's after Jedi, so hopefully she's all settled down now with the. Uh, She's not, why, she's not settling down. What's the matter with you? Why not? She's got a kid. So? You think that's going to that's gonna force her to... She's like, okay, I'm just going to be a mom now. Where's my apron? Is that what you're saying? Kind of like when Kanan asks her, too, at that same time. Like, when's it ever going to be enough for you, you know? It's never enough. These heroes just don't quit. Leia didn't quit when she, after she had Kylo. Yeah, but she's like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe one day we'll find out. Jeez, Corey's showing his colors here. Wow, that, what? That's, that's uh, I, I want my characters to be at uh, <laughs> peace and, you know, enjoy the family time where the galaxy's at least has some peace for, like, a short amount of time. At Chop Rules with Z, with a Z everybody. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I had a theory that uh, this Herzog character, I, like, he hires the Mandalorian. And, of course, the Mandalorian accepts the job. But then when he finds out what the job is really about, he has this change of heart and doesn't want to follow through with it. So, you know, we heard about uh, possibly a, a baby being involved, and the Mandalorian has to sort of protect this baby. So maybe the hit was... Maybe Herzog's character puts a hit out, 
on a on a person who turns out to be a baby and the Mandalorian goes, whoa, that's where I draw the line. So instead of killing this thing, I'm going to save it. So, and then maybe, maybe Herzog's character gets killed off real quick after that. And the Mandalorian spends, spends a good amount of time on the run for, for killing that Herzog character. That's, in, that's, that's uh, my theory. Take it or leave it. Yeah, it could work. Something like along those lines. He said he's only really in the first episode. So... Yeah, he said it. Well, he said it's a real small part. So yeah, this guy's like what eighty years old or so. I don't think you're gonna squeeze too much out of him. Anyway, hats off to you, Mister Herzog. Can't wait to see you come uh, this this fall. In a, in a real small part in a sequel or whatever you call it. From the sequels to the Nyquils. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at this episode nine leaked character art and possible poster art. So there's potential spoilers here. So maybe skip ahead 15, 20 minutes if you want to avoid spoilers at all costs. Uh, so with that, here we go. We'll start with the the character poster, guys. And we'll go, we'll, there's seven characters. We'll just take it from left to right. So we'll start with uh, Lando. We get a good look finally at Billy D. Williams as Lando. And to me, it looks like he hasn't changed, changed his clothes since... Uh, Solo a Star Wars story, but Carlos, what was your first impression of Lando? Uh, I don't know if this is real. Kind of looks uh, Photoshop to me. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Just uh, there's just something about it that's like it. It doesn't smack as real to me. No, it looks like somebody photoshopped Billy D's face on uh, on a uh, three and three quarter. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, but you're right. Uh, it looks like uh, they plucked him out of Empire, right? Like, uh, pretty much uh, looks like... Uh, Same style of clothes, except just, yeah, it's, instead of the blue shirt, it's now a yellow shirt. Yeah. yeah they're keeping it familiar with Solo, kind of, which I find a bit weird. I, I do find it a little bit odd. Though. I mean, not, not, to, I'm not, not, not to criticize it at all, it's fine, but it's, I do find it a little bit strange that they would have him in the same yellow shirt... Maybe it's not the same shirt, but you know, a yellow shirt similar to to Solo. You think they'd want to mix it up? You know, if you're if you're if you're a guy like Lando, you don't want to be seen caught get caught twice in the same outfit, do you? Isn't that like a fashion faux pas? Maybe he finds know. it in like a secret compartment in the Falcon. Is like, oh damn, my old shirt. Like, <laughs> you think it's a, you think it's a custom piece? <laughs> that cane, I'll tell you that cane definitely is. Yeah, I can't wait yeah, to see I don't know. fan theories about that cane. Oh boy, it's a saber. It's a it's a cane blaster. Just watch. <laughs> it's it's got secret <laughs> coaxium in it. A coaxium. I, I, if if I if I never hear a coaxium for the rest of my life, it'll it'll be it'll be too soon. <laughs> Not a coaxium guy. Ah, just what a dumb word. Like now, if we're gonna hear it all the time, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna snap. Uh, all right, so we're all good with Lando, assuming yep. he's real. Uh, Chewie, not, not much to say there. He's looking handsome as ever. Yeah, he looks. Uh, looks like he's been doing calves well, at the gym. His, Pretty bulky. In a way, his hair looks a little frizzier. Wonder if mm. he maybe maybe this is just him like air drying. 
Uh, or, yeah, maybe uh, they're on a humid planet. Yeah, maybe just needs a bath. Ah, <laughs> oh, we love you, Chewy. Uh, and then Ray. I, I think Ray looks incredible. You Ray looks like Padme. A little bit. Well, yeah, the bright white. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's that's a bright white robe that she's in. Like, they really pop. And then, I also see that, that arm bandage, which yep. looks really cool. But yeah, I I love the way that Ray looks. She just looks so. She just looks so so poised. I, I just I I love the look. I you know when I first heard the I talked about this on a cannon fodder, a few weeks ago, and you know it was a, following a, a report about these costumes for a lot of these characters, and I was like, ah, eh, white robes similar to her Jakku look. Eh, I'm unimpressed. But I'm now I'm seeing the robes here. I think she looks absolutely terrific. Yeah, definitely. Like it's uh like you guys said, kind of like Padme, also Leia a bit as well. It's that through line almost throughout the entire saga now. And so Luke. hopefully, yeah, true. Luke too. I don't like that uh, they went back with the three buns for Ray. Like I liked her at the end of the Last Jedi better. I think that might have something to do with with footage that they had shot with her and Ray, uh, Leia. Yeah, that, that's another oh, thing that I they're retconning. I, I pat myself on the back for this one a little bit, but um. Again, in that same cannon fodder, I believe, where I, I talked about this outfit, I, and they, you know, the the, Leia, or the the Ray with three buns, I thought maybe I thought it'd be weird that they repeat that same hairstyle, but I thought, and they, but they said there was a practical reason for it, and I thought that maybe it's because they have footage of Ray and Leia, and they're going to reuse it somehow, and so it would make sense to give Ray that same hairdo, just because you've already got footage of it. So go back to what works. So that that was my theory then. It looks like it was probably correct, which doesn't happen very often. So, hooray! I was kind of hoping to see Ray almost in this film. Like, I don't, I definitely don't think it's going to happen at any point. But almost like Luke was in Jedi, right? Like in black robes. Yeah, I think that would have been neat. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, sometimes the costumes tell a story, right? Oh, for sure. They they certainly did with Luke a little bit, and probably telling the same story with Ray, or a, a similar story with Ray, where she starts off sort of in that neutral beige, and then heads up to a, a you know a darker. She had a, a bit of a darker look in, in the Last Jedi, and now she's reverting yeah, to it's all gray. these white robes. So we know where she stands. So I I like that. I'm there's going to be some good looking Ray figures coming coming down the line for, with this with this look. Uh, Poe and Finn. Let's just lump those together. I think we've seen. I mean, there's not much to see here, but I, I I've seen these images before. But I think they look cool. I, I like the adventure Poe look. He looks he looks dashing. What do you guys got? Yeah, Poe and Pin. Yeah, I like them. They look really good. Yeah, I don't know. He's got a bit of a hipster look with his scarf there, but uh, yeah, I like I like what you put it, Kyle. Kind of like adventurer Poe. Yeah, he looks like like a one of those. An adventurer type from those pulpy 50s type of shows. Indiana Dameron. Yeah, I was just going to say, you can drop him in Indiana Jones, like, easily. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's a good call. Yeah. And Finn, of course. Finn, it's not straying too far from what we're used to with Finn. No, I'm I'm, kind of sad to see that he doesn't have the jacket, though. Unless it's super faded now. But I I love that jacket on him. The one that had, like, the scars on him. The one that Poe gave him. Yeah, uh, was that 
Was he wearing that in that last, that final picture? The one from the Jakku set? I can't remember. Yeah, me neither. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was wearing just a shirt, I think. That's true. Yeah, they're, they. I think they changed toward a, when they get there. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, all right. Then finally, we have this new character who everybody believes is the Carrie Russell character. But she goes by the name of Zori. Corey, what do you oh, think? The Rocketeer. What, what do you think, Zori? What do you think of Zori, Corey? The rocket, the Rocketeer, man. That's exactly Zori. what I have written down. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely bounty very, hunter. Very Rocketeer. I like the gun too. The gun's very Django. Yeah, the way I described her is like, I mean, obviously this is very much a bounty hunter, mercenary type type character, but she's got that great pulp space space pulp feel that George Lucas, I think, would have been all over, you know, fifteen years ago for Attack of the Clones. And I, yeah, I, it's it's a it's a mashup of you know, it's got like the aesthetic of Padme, her outfit, just like simple white outfit, but the color of Zamwasel. And the Rocketeer's helmet. This is definitely, uh, for me, this is from um, probably uh, McQuarrie's uh, drawing somewhere. Like uh, somebody took one of his his sketches and and brought it to life with this uh, with this character. Quite possibly. It's, yeah, for me, it just it's pure Star Wars to me. I love the, I love the look of this character. Yeah, super super. Yeah, I can't cool. wait to see who. I can't wait to see who she's after, whose side she's on. Yeah, very shrouded in mystery. This one, don't know a thing about her yet, and for now, I like it. So if if DJ DJ turned bad when he's he was helping uh, in the Last Jedi, I believe that she might look like she's um, working on the dark side, and then she's gonna she's gonna one eighty and gonna end up helping. Yeah, she's gonna flip for the good side. I like Carrie Russell. Yeah, me too. I mean, she's. I think she's come a long, long way since the days of Felicity, where she like. I, she, I think she may have been in danger of being typecast back then. But uh, I think, yeah, she. You know, given the the Mission Impossible movies and uh, the Americans, like she's actually really, really good. And then finally, we have the new character, Jana. This is the Naomi Aki character. And just just looks like your typical tough, resourceful type. And I, I love that bow and arrow. That looks like a thing you do not want to be in front of when she fires. Looks like uh, somebody who uh, would be around Emphy's Nest. Yeah, they look like a, a group that's had to sort of fend for themselves. Yeah. I wonder if she's maybe part of the group or maybe the uh, the leader of a group of people that the Resistance might recruit for help. Against the first order, yeah, that's the impression I get. I hope it's not. They're not like almost like I don't want to rehash of Jedi in the sense that they're almost like these people have like they're at a place in the galaxy in the unknown regions, for example, and these people have not uh, come to understand space travel yet, but they end up on this planet and these guys come to their their aid. I hope it's not kind of like that because that's just too familiar again, right? A little uh, bit, yeah. I, I I wonder if these these people are from Batu. They kind of remind me of of uh, who is it? Kevin Pollock's character, Rule, I think it is in Willow. 
Yeah, the little tiny things, the little sprites. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a rule of how many times we can mention Willow on one podcast. <laughs> George Lucas, I, I think on. you. I Let's think you go. want to like leave it at one. Yeah, one or none is probably the magic number. Yeah. All right, we've hit our quota. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these two look like they could be on the same uh, on the same planet, right? You're talking about Zori and Jenna. Yeah, they look like they could be from the same planet. I don't know. One looks like pretty advanced, high tech. One lo- one looks uh, urban, and the other looks rural. Yeah, but Ooh. from the same planet. Well, I think I, I think the idea with Batu is that it's such a melting pot anyway of of scoundrels and and just wayward people that if you're a bounty hunter and that's your home, or that's the place you call home, all right, that's cool. But yeah, I'm I, I I like the look of these. I'm in, I'm encouraged by the. I mean, the designs aren't like mind blowing, but there's a couple here that I'm I'm really impressed by, like Zori in particular. Uh, I'm so, I'm just I'm really surprised by my reaction to Ray. And uh, and and Jenna I think looks pretty cool as well. All right, now let's jump over to this poster, this supposed episode nine poster, which caused quite a stir online last week. People are really freaking out over this one. Um, personally, I, f- I feel like this is a legit poster, but I, I feel like it's a work in art, uh, work in progress. Carlos, what, do, what is your sense? Is this, is this BS? Or fake. Is, you think it's fake? Fake. All right. We'll have to, we're going to revisit this. I guess, I guess we won't know until the fall, but I, I think this one's real or at least, mm. like I said, work in progress. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, that's kind of odd. I mean, it looks like it does have some legitimacy to it, but at the same time, it's unfinished, unrefined. It also seems really generic to me. It's weak. It's really weak. Uh, well, it's 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 not a theatrical poster. It's no, the- I would I would agree with you there too. I think it would be for like advertising toys and whatnot. Maybe even in the movies, like on a cup. Well, I think this is like uh, one of those those generic posters you find at the rack on the racks at Walmart or Target or wherever you shop. Like it, it looks exactly like that kind of poster to me. The thing that 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 put it out that that was the thing that made it look like it was fan made to me was the X wing, the A wing, and the Y wing on the top. Like that. Yes. That to, that to me looks like somebody is trying really hard just to make it look like a Star Wars poster, but. That also is like the red flag to me that it's fan made and no. has nothing to do with episode nine. Not not only that, I have to agree with Carlos in that sense too, because I did take a note on in saying that to me that looks like the cover of Alphabet Squadron. Just superimposed there. Well, I think the Alphabet Squadron is silhouettes, isn't it? Uh I can't remember, but Google's our friend. Defi- Let's consult the Google machine. But I, either way, I mean, there's certain things I do like. I like the the background. It almost looks imperial, like, like you're inside the Death Star again or something, with those like pillars of light. But yeah, it's uh, got those, those pill shapes. And yes, it is. It is silhouettes of the ships. But either way, it's the exact same pattern, no? Uh, so the poster's got X wing with a y, uh, A wing to its right and then followed by a y-wing 
the alphabet squadron is the X-wing, then Y-wing, then A-wing, so it's flipped. But you know, you yeah, Corey, you, you are right. There there is something to that. Well, I, I know this, Carlos. You might take this one hard. I'm sorry. I know this is like straight out of your dreams. But three PO with the bowcaster, that looks straight up photoshopped, hardcore to me. Like I'm no Photoshop pro, but why? why that, you know what's funny about this? Like MSW reported on this like a few weeks ago that this is a thing that's going to happen in the movie. <laughs> that three PO is going to be carrying Chewie's bowcaster, and there's no context as to why. But the thing that's gone totally under the radar and ignored, especially with this poster, is nobody's also talking about the fact that he's caught Ray's band, uh, staff on his back. Yeah, that's true. I saw that. Which was also reported. Yeah, he's probably just carrying everything, hopefully, but I don't see why that makes it onto a poster. At a re- On one of these retail posters, I have, you know, I have no, uh, it doesn't bother me what makes it on or doesn't make it on. Well, who's who's missing from this poster? Well, Leia. Leia, exactly. Lando. Yeah, Lando too, you're right. Yeah, I was thinking more Leia at least. Luke? Well, Luke, Luke was missing maybe. entirely from Force Awakens posters. And Snoke he was missing from some. those posters as well. No, Luke was on none for, for Force Awakens. Zero. Oh, Force Awakens. Yeah, you're right. So, and, and again, like if a poster is going to be... The, just just put the people who mean most to the movie that's you know that's the way i look at it and we'll look at kylo's helmet too right we've heard all these reports that his helmet's all cracked and messed up looks pretty okay there well actually no the, the yeah, front you see a little bit of, of that bonding cracked. material yeah in the front you're right so the things that, that give it legitimacy to me is uh the, the little droid to the right of bb-8 who we called, mm-hmm. who's been called Do? If someone photoshopped this, where did they get that image? Because that is Do. That's that's total. That's totally that little droid. I think Corey nailed it. Now, now that I'm looking at it, this is a this is a cup. This is going to be a cup. <laughs> this is going to be all. This is going to be. We're going to see this everywhere. I think. What about that little space slug dude? Next to Finn. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. No, I think I it's weird. I think I think MSW spoke about that guy in particular, saying that what that that person. The reason why it may not be a final poster is because that thing should be wearing a costume, should have a uniform. I think that was sort of the gist. I'm I may be mistaken, but another thing to me that makes it seem real is uh, those new Tie Fighters at the bottom right. Yeah, those are con- those are from the concept art book of the Force Awakens. So JJ is is just using an old design they already had. So the person making this would have had to have known that and plug those in. And I think there's a super star destroyer under Kylo's uh, under Kylo's uh, saber on the bottom uh, left hand corner. Yeah, it looks like a super star destroyer. It's definitely a star destroyer of, of some variety. And we there's a, there's a different picture of Zori. Where did that come from? So I mean, whoever photoshopped this is either hmm. clairvoyant or has access to to photos. Well, I definitely think it's from Lucasfilm. I just I sometimes almost think they get sneaky and they leak something on purpose to get like a feel for what people are saying. But to me, it still doesn't look fully official in the sense that. 
don't know. It just seems so generic and... Uh... Yeah, but all these posters do. Go look Go look at the Trends International posters. Cause that, that's the company that distributes all these posters. If not, well, makes them completely. Like, look at the Star Wars posters and, and specifically, like, ones for movies. They're all similar to this in composition where it's just, like, stuff as much things as you can into it. Well, I hope they do come up with some stuff, like, uh, like for the actual movie posters, like they do with, like, Jedi. You know, with the hand and the saber. Like, something crazy, man. Something cool. Well, sure. Yeah, I hope that the theatrical posters and teaser posters do wonderful things. But for these posters, the ones that you, you, you will find sealed up at Walmart for seven ninety nine. Whatever, man. This like this goes on like a ten year old's wall. Uh, what do you think know. of the red stormtroopers at the bottom? That's it. Eh? Are they red or are they gold? And it's just the hue from the lightsaber on top. That's it. I was even thinking they could be just white with the hue from the red. Uh, yeah, but then maybe. If, then the, but there's white ones under Kylo's cross. Uh, yeah, but still, I don't know. And I think it's meant to meant to be differentiated. I think. Yeah, and we've also, in spoiler reports, have heard that there are there's a legion of red stormtroopers in this movie that report directly to Kylo. Major Von Reg. May he rest in pieces. <laughs> so what is it? It is like I almost think thought it looked like a reflection too, but it does look like they're reverting back to that clone trooper style helmet almost too. Yeah, there is something very very. Uh, Revenge of the Sith era uh, clone trooper about it. Which I welcome. I'm okay with that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's awesome. What would have been really nice to see, and then that would have told me for sure, or at least really helped, is to see the radar dish on the Falcon. Because don't forget, it, it got knocked off yet again in The Last Jedi. And so it's it's got a new dish for Episode Nine. but I think the shape of this one is almost uh, maybe triangular. Or trapezoidal, I think, is, is what they're saying. So it would have been really cool to get a, just a slightly higher resolution shot so we could we could zoom in a little bit and, and see what's going on there. But that, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the gist of this poster. It's, it is what it is. I, I won't be buying it. It won't be something that I rush out to get, but... No, it's, it's definitely it's not enticing for for this to be the end of the saga. I think they can get a little more creative, but granted, again, we don't even know if it's actually going to be used. If it's still like early progress, uh, like work stuff, or if it were to be used, what would be used on? Like if this is like a movie poster, like big double thumbs down. Oh no, no! This is, this, the first thing I I noticed, the first thing I saw was like, nope, this is not a movie poster. That was my first thing. I I, I never ruled it out as being fake. But I thought I said no way. This is a movie poster. It's just, the composition, the idea behind it, the whole concept of this poster. Is, it's just weak. There's, there's nothing to it. At least we get to but, see a, a little closer look at the Knights of Ren as well. Yeah, for sure. And again, like if 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 it's fake, where did that come from? And then of course, well, we we didn't mention Ray. Ray has the Skywalker saber, so that. That debate is pretty much over, I would think. She fixed it, and you can see in the, between her hands, the way her, her hand grips the saber, you can see like a, almost like a leather strap holding it together, I guess. So that, that's, that's that. The good old fix. She put some duct tape on it. That suits the Ray character, that she would get something and fix it to make it usable again. 
<clears throat> yeah. That's perfectly right to me. So I'm down. I like that. I'm, I'm And it puts to bed, will she have a double-sided saber or this or that? Nope, she's just going to have a simple lightsaber. And that's the way it ought to be. That was my Don Cherry. Uh, all right. Anything else on these posters? Lame. Well, no. The, the see the thing is, is that when it's when you put it together and say uh, it, it was when it was released, people were saying that this is the movie poster, right? That's what they were saying. I think well, that was that was the knee jerk. Yeah. But I mean, among uh, those voices were people saying like, no, 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 this is this is like a retail poster. Yeah. Well, so that when I said fake, I, I was I was deliberate, like I was uh, specifically talking about uh, about the, the episode nine poster. Um, but after discussing with you guys, it it, it does smack like like a promotional thing or a, like a, a cup, you know, something that I'm going to end up getting. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Even though it's lame. I, I like, I have, I, I like I have how you like the cup. You know, no, because it, it, uh, when I look at the bottom there and I see the star Wars logo in the black, it's exactly like what they did for the last Jedi. And I have them all. So, um, and, well, yeah. And you mentioned that I, it's the last thing I was going to mention here. Either the, this image is badly cropped, like there's more to it at the bottom, which I doubt. But if you look at the placing of the Star Wars logo, it's weirdly centered mm-hmm. between the bottom and the you know that where the those red stormtroopers kind of peak come to a to come to a point, and it's perfectly there's perfectly enough space there just to bump up that star away from the wars just a bit and slide in a title there. Yeah. And that, yeah. that helps give it some legitimacy to me. That Those red stormtroopers actually kind of look like Stoke's ship. Yeah, or even the Fulminatrix as it pops out at you in 3D. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So yeah, I think, I think whoever did this, which you know I think is an official licensee, I think this is official. It's leaked. This is like a, a, a copy for at, at some proof stage. But into, they've they they know that they can't put the title the actual title into these into the artwork file just yet. Either they don't have it, or they're they're not allowed to actually put that in just yet. And that's why the spacing would be off at the bottom. That's just my view as a uh, as a graphic designer. All right, done with the news for the week, guys. Not a whole lot going on, so that leaves us plenty of time to kick this around. So I ask you guys, do you think you've seen your favorite Star Wars movie? The best Star Wars movie you, you, for as long as you live, have you already seen it? What do you think, Corey? I don't know. It's a hard question to really try and be honest with yourself with, I guess. Uh, I sure hope not. All right. Well, let's start with this then. What needs very, I mean, you don't have to go super deep into every aspect, but what needs to be in a Star Wars movie for it to be top on your list? Well, that, that again is a really interesting question in the sense that, you know, there's so much Star Wars coming at us in the pipeline, right? So that answer can always be changing. I mean, 
we've only got a, just a taste of what Star Wars can be outside of the saga. And it's been pretty awesome. I mean, Solo and Rogue One were really fun, you know, like, uh, I guess for the most part, it boils down to like some element, I guess, of humanity or some group or I don't know, again, even some solo character on his own, like anything can really work. But my my bread and butter, like what I'm always, always like really wanting to see is something of the force. I know it's it is what it is, but uh, give me some of that world between world stuff. And I'm all for that, like deep force usage stuff like Jedi Prime. I love little drops like that. Would you would you be happy with a Star Wars movie that was only that? Probably. I think it would be really interesting if it was like really just force laden. Like everything about the force for some reason. Like what if they gave you a Dawn of the Jedi movie, which would be a deep dive into the force, but it's before Jedi is really in order. And before space travel, before before lightsabers even. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really compelling story. Would you want to see that in, in on a big screen? Is there enough yeah. there to – I guess – I mean as, as diehards, you probably see it all. But like that has limited appeal to me. Well, I think that's amazing, man, where it all began. Like the trials and tribulations of like that first Jedi or whatever, discovering their power. How about you, Carlos? Have you – I guess I'll come around to the end just to see. Finally, have you seen your favorite Star Wars movie? But what what needs to be in Star Wars to make it your favorite Star Wars movie? Um, there needs to be a little bit of uh, anxiety, uh, of just uh, wanting, like caring. Yeah, I, I need I need to feel like the characters that I love might not actually get the job done. And there's things happening all around them that are, that are prohibiting them from, from getting uh, to the finish line. And um, obviously we need a great score and some type of uh, extremely uh, emotional and, and, uh, um a deep music um but other than that it has to be fun uh, there has to be uh, lightsabers uh, there has to be somebody doing something completely brutal uh and i'm pretty much describing rogue one i don't know <laughs> except for the lightsaber bit which only shows up briefly at the end yeah well it was there and, <laughs> they, uh, they ticked the box yeah, it ticks the box for me. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's when I think of my favorite Star Wars movie, like I still have Empire as number one on my list. But man, Rogue, when I when I think of my favorite Star Wars movie, I think of Rogue One. It's right there, eh? Oh man, it's it's like you know, when, and uh, like when Revenge I think of the Sith is close too, but yeah. Yeah, like for <clears throat> for me, like it, it, there has to be that that war between the light side and dark, and it's, it also has to you also we also have to have the the galactic perspective, and and I think for me that's the biggest thing. It's gotta it's gonna have both of those elements to it. Where you know in, in the uh, the OT you've got 
or even, I guess, everything. You've got Force users at the front and center of the movie, the emotional core, but then the gal- the fate of the galaxy playing out in, in political circles or in the big, you know, full-scale wars. Like, that. I need that in the movies. That's the biggest thing to me. And, you know, of course, they need to look and sound great, which that's, that's no longer a worry. That's only going to get better. Uh, Carlos, you said the score. Um, yep. That one, I guess, is a little bit of a concern. Because I don't... We, we, it's one thing, I think, to talk about movies. I don't know that anybody's ever going to top a soundtrack, which I guess is a different conversation. But I don't know that anybody could ever top the Star Wars music we already have. But again, different different conversation. But... Uh, like I, I, for me, like the movie has to be a little bit weird. Like it's got to have that odd Star Wars brand of humor, and it, it I, I don't want it to take itself too seriously. You know, it's it's got to have that uh, that weird. I don't want to call it family friendly appeal, but when I say Star Wars being family friendly, you guys know what I mean. It's 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 basically all all of what we've had so far in in the episodic movies. Um. I guess what I what I wouldn't want is for it to be like this bleak and dark and gritty thing the whole way through. It needs to be uplifting, I think. I kind of agree there. Or if it's a trilogy, maybe one film can kind of be bleak out of the three. Yeah, like the the second chapter always is a little bit darker and and more challenging. That's fine. That's I think that's just storytelling. But all the way through, like, almost like The Matrix, right? Like, The Matrix is very kind of bleak all the way through. I'm, I'm talking like the whole trilogy. Part one's great, but when you look through the whole trilogy, it's it's not a it's not a fun trilogy. You know what I'm saying? I like it. I'm not, no, I'm not saying it's bad. Like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not choosing the right words, but well, there's always that spark of hope. They're all believing in this chosen one, right? No, but like th- those movies take themselves very seriously. Yeah, and that like that is something I wouldn't like. I wouldn't want Star Wars to have that Matrix feel, where it's very serious all the time. Like it's got to be a, Star Wars. To me is a little bit goofy. Like the, yeah, the, you don't want you don't want to see the rave inside the on the asteroid inside the space lug. No. <laughs> It's, it's it's totally VIP event bro. unless it's all aliens. All, if it's all weird <laughs> aliens, okay, I, then I can get on board. I could just see Kit Fisto jumping, like sure, like in that case, it gets funny. But yeah, like that—that's what I would love. And I, I guess you know, in a way, kind of like when I sp- when I think of Rogue One, I'm like, man, that's like, like it's a well-made movie. There, I can't complain about any aspect of it. But then I go, but like when I'm listing off these things of what Star Wars should have for me, Rogue One is missing too many of those things. And that's why I, you know, when I, when I, looking back here, Rogue One is down my list. It's in the second half of my list, like seventh or sixth or eighth or something like that. But I'm like, that's really low. Although I still love it. Like it's just, it's missing that funness. So yeah, that that's what's got to be in Star Wars for me. But and, and I guess you know my next question was like how quickly. Like most of these movies have been with us for years and years. 
but if like how quickly can a new movie invade that list? And Carlos, I think for you it's it's pretty simple. Like it can happen right away. Like Rogue One can get right into that list upon release, really. Uh, I don't know. It took about a year for it to really, um, for it to really gel for me. But um, yeah. Well, even sticking with Last Jedi, like that one, got into my top three almost right off the bat. Almost from the word go, that movie just bam, top three. Yeah. No, for me, for me as well, and uh, I think it's because of how awesome Luke is. Um, you know, doing the most Jedi thing ever. That's that is a huge part of it for me. Um, uh, and also just uh, Ray, like Chewie piloting the the Falcon, and and Ray shooting through three oh. Tie Fighters in one shot. That shot was just just incredible. When I watched that yesterday, I rewound that part like three times. So good, right? Like that whole sequence where Rose about to get Rose is about to get shot down, and like the music builds up towards it, and then you see you see the the three Tie Fighters go down, the shadow of the Falcon pla- passing overhead. It's 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 just such an amazing moment. But yeah, I, I guess the answer, uh, Corey, you can confirm or deny. But can a movie get into your to the top of the list? really quickly as opposed to a movie that sat with you for you know with the prequels 15 20 years and the OT like your whole life yeah yes and no i don't think it's that cut and dry but uh, for the most part yes at least i'll say the prequels it's fair game for sure uh ot's a little more closer to my heart but you guys just said it and i mean the first first things first like it's not easy to disassociate. Like sometimes I've I've honestly felt guilty, okay, at times of uh, for my amount of love for Rebels, for example, right? Like I'm like like I really like these characters and I really really liked where the show went. And I'm like this it's it's up there, man. And the more I thought about Ezra and Kanan and all the characters, man, like they really are at the, quite toward the to- top of my list now, but it took me a long time to kind of come to terms with that because I, again, I felt like I was almost cheating on the OT. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. That's, that was the next question on my list. Like how strong and how legitimate is the pull of nostalgia that the thought of knocking off one of those older legacy movies and putting some, like putting a new movie in that spot, like it feels like cheating a little bit. I I do. I do. I do see what Corey's saying, but at the same time, it's like they're movies. They, you owe them nothing. And you're just replacing it with another member of that family. So (laughs) what's what's the big deal for me? What it all boils down to, because you, Kyle, you said it, uh, the last Jedi, it moves right up to the top of my list for me. You know, like it's, it's not number one or anything, but, uh, it's getting pretty close. It's just, I think what we all, I'd say 80% of fandom, 70% maybe it's, it's, it's empire, right? Like that's, that's the one that just has this, this magic feeling about the movie. There's just something about it. Well, I think if you took that, all of fandom into account and I'm including like the younger generation, like 
people who are like teenagers now, in twenty early twenties now, maybe mid twenties. I don't think Empire is super high on that on that list. Really, I'd I'd still think it'd come in number one, maybe just not with those kind of numbers. I don't know, man. I would love well, to for- do a poll with just the under twenty, say under twenty seven, and say and see what they think. I don't know. Just it's it's hard to describe. I think it's has something to do with the sets and like the that they actually use puppets and what's whatnot. Like you don't see that too much anymore. But like Dagobah, for example, like there's something about Dagobah and the sets on Cloud City that there's something about like uh, almost like the color scheme or like the hue to the film that just it feels like magic almost it feels like you're uh in this fairy tale or something you know what i mean where a lot of movies i kind of find I, I can't get lost in them as easily They're, they take themselves almost a little too seriously like you were saying but is that a byproduct of the that them doing something right or is that the the eight eight-year-old in you talking i think it's because i watch it to this day and i i still don't necessarily feel the same same way all the time but it's like there's something about that movie it's just the way it's shot it's a different day and age and uh yeah it could be the nostalgia or whatever it is but there's also just something about that movie that just makes it feel again uh magical you know it's it's different than watching like the force awakens or the last jedi was close man with luke's actions that was kind of like one of those moments like oh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I don't Car- know. Carlos, you said yet there's nothing, right? Like there's no nostalgic ties for you at all. No, at all, at all. I don't suffer from nostalgia, at all. Um, new is better. I just uh, I have. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, my uh, my sons watched uh, the OT today. Uh, that's uh, what they did while I was doing music. But uh, every uh, every so often, I I stumble into the living room and and uh just uh, sit there and watch and uh i mean they're still good but they're good through my uh, nine-year-old's eyes and uh i just i love new star wars so you know uh other than the force awakens that was like you know felt rebootish uh, everything they've done has been good so far. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have, uh, I'm one of those uh, bring it on type of guys. You know, they're, they're not ruining my childhood by giving me new Star Wars. No, God, no. Like that, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's that, that's an argument I can't get on board with. Um, no, I, hundred, I 100% agree there. Like, I, I want to like something more, and I hopefully, hopefully they do produce that, man. Like, we deserve that. Well, yeah, and like, think how depressing that is. Like, if I told you right exactly. now, Corey, you got another 40 years. Let's just say you got another 40, 45 years to go in your life. And you've already seen the best Star Wars movie you're ever going to see. That kind of takes the wind out of your sails, doesn't it? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, for, for sure it does. Like, when I look, like, for me, I've got Empire and A New Hope at one and two. And I, for me, I, I truly think it's because those are the the best movies to me. And I'm not doing it because, oh, they, they just mean the most to me because that's what I watched as a kid. I really think those two movies are just monumental achievements. 
And so that's why they sit up at that list. Of course, they mean a lot to me, but I'm trying to like remove my that part of myself from this discussion. And that's why Last Jedi is right there. I don't know if Last Jedi has peaked or if it, you know, in, in 10 years, may, maybe can it climb even higher? That possibility is certainly open. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But like, it depends I, if JJ rewrites everything Ryan did, Kyle. Wait, wait. This just in. Oh, no. What do you see? <laughs> Guys, you're not going to believe this. Right before celebration, Ryan Johnson, he, Ryan Johnson just got canned, man. What? Yeah, done. Confirmed. Yeah. Enough with this pocket. I'm done. We're out. <laughs> it's, it's like a roller coaster. God, can we get some? Can somebody get some stability over there at Lucasfilm? I'm so tired of this. Every week we have to come on this podcast and then read that news. That's scary, man. God. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm trying to be done with the whole nostalgia thing, and I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job with it. Like I, I, I don't go to these new movies. I think this is the worst thing. Going to these new movies and expecting them to make you feel like you did when you were seven, eight, nine years old when you saw it the first time. I think that's the worst. It can't like that's impossible. It's it's it can't be possible, right? For me, it is, but for you, mere muggles, probably not. But I I still think it's an unfair thing to expect from a movie because in that case, I think you're you're holding the creators to an unfair standard. Well, I wouldn't go in there expecting it, but. I don't think it necessarily won't happen. But like making it feel like you did when you, when you were seven, is that, is that the hallmark of quality? No. Because when you watch some of the things now that you watch when you were seven, you go, Oh my God. No, it's it's not about making you feel like, like that. It's just making you give me that sense of, uh, I don't know. Like there's gotta be some great deal of satisfaction there. I don't know. Whatever like, it is, sure. Like you, you would love to go into that move into a star, new Star Wars movie and walk out and go, "Wow!" Like they blew the doors off. They the the visuals, the the story, they hit everything. And then you could say, "Well, yeah, that's what it did to me as a seven year old." So, yay, they did it. But I, I think if you go into a movie going, they better make this feel like it did in nineteen seventy seven or eighty or eighty three or ninety nine, whatever year you first jumped into Star Wars. I, I feel like you're holding the creators hostage a little bit. Like if, if you take it to like a Carlos, maybe you can speak to this a bit, but if you're holding as a, a band or a singer to a standard, like if I'll, I'll take Pearl Jam, for example, mm. do I, every, every album that comes out, a little part of me wishes it sounded like 10 or verses. That's unfair. That's yeah, not completely unfair. That's not who they are. That's not what they're doing now. So why like why do I expect that from them? Why do I feel let why should I feel let down when I listen to their album and go, ah it doesn't have that sonic feel from the early nineties. That's over. I'm not thirteen anymore. They're not a, a new band anymore. I, I and I realized I've been I'm I'm being unfair. And I think it's the same thing with this with, with Star Wars movies that Let's let's be fair to the creators and let them tell a new story that maybe strikes you in a different way, considering you're now in your 
20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it is. Does that make any sense? Of course. Absolutely. But the thing is, is that it takes a little bit of uh, introspection and uh, you have to look at yourself uh, to, to come to that conclusion. And most people are incapable of doing that. So uh, that's uh, unfortunately the way of the world. And, uh, you know, if only everybody else was was able to say that, that it's unfair to expect certain things from art. Because that's what it is. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I expect a whole hell of a lot out of this movie, Carlos. Let me tell you, sir. J.J. Abrams, you better goddamn well deliver. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's true. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I can't think of another movie in cinema history with more pressure on it. Insert car crash sound here. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. episode nine's got a lot of pressure for sure. And it's funny because we're talking about like expectations and demanding things from creators, but in a way, that's kind of what we're doing. We we need JJ to pull through on certain aspects. And considering the size of the uh, of Star Wars fandom, everybody's got something a little bit different that they want to see. It, obviously, he can't cater to everybody, so someone's going to be left out in the cold in December. All right, so let's let's make the call here, guys. Carlos, have you seen your all time favorite Star Wars movie yet? I'm going to say no. I'm um, I'm positive like that. I believe that uh, so I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but um, I believe somewhere down the line, uh, be it uh, the Dragons guys or uh, probably Ryan Johnson, that I, I might see my my new favorite Star Wars movie. I'm hoping. So you think it happens basically in the next decade? Um, I'd hope that it happens more than once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like we'll get something in five years and then like maybe another five, ten years down the line, it's like, holy cow, it surpassed it, you know? Surpassed, sir. Sure. <laughs> sure. What about you, Corey? Yeah, come on. I gotta be hopeful about it, man. It's, uh... I gotta say, we we've yet to see our best Star Wars film, man. I mean, no, just yours, so much yours. in the hopper. Just yours. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping that uh, we get. I get to. Uh, it's hard to say, almost, but I want Empire to get dethroned. Yeah, I I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I think somebody at some point is going to weave all those elements that I want to see in Star Wars to make it the best Star Wars movie and, and, and put it all together in a new package and a brand new wrapper, put it out there. And I'm just going to be absolutely stunned and it will, I don't know if it'll hit number one right away, but I think it'll eventually get there, but I am definitely curious to know what you guys out there think. Have, have you seen your favorite Star Wars movie of all time yet? Let us know. All right, guys, let's give our powerful friends, a nod here. Let's take a moment to thank our powerful friends for their support. We're just at the start of another month. So uh, thank you, everybody. You've done a wonderful job for us again this month. Uh, and if, if you're listening to this on the main feed, you should know that you can get this podcast earlier, up to, you know, like 36 hours earlier, if you become a powerful friend at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. 
uh, where from just two bucks a month, you can get additional podcasts, early release podcasts, ad-free podcasts, our newsletter, and other goodies that we tend to throw out there all the time. And like, like Derek, Derek's walking away with something today. Many others have too. So jump in on the fun, become a powerful friend, support us from just two bucks a month. And uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. And as always, when we follow up this segment, we like to do some, uh, let's answer some questions from our powerful friends. And we have a question in from the metal Mando this month. And, uh, I'll go ahead and read it. I'll read what Jeff has to say. How's it going, Jeff? So Jeff writes, is all the upcoming Star Wars content a good thing or is not be... Sorry, I can't read. <laughs> is all the upcoming Star Wars content a good thing or not because we need to evaluate what's important and pick and choose what to make a priority. I want to take it all in and absorb it, but it might be frustrating because I don't have the time to do it all. I just feel as a lifelong fan of this GFFA, I need to know it all. Yeah, poor me. So that's <laughs> in from the Metal Mando. Uh, I think we all grapple with this to one extent or another. But uh, Carlos, how do you deal with this? With so much stuff coming at you from literally every angle. Movies, TV, comics, novels, video games, toys, you name it. They are punching us right square in the face. Uh how do you come to a decision on what to take in? Uh, I use the Homer Simpson approach from the Treehouse of Horrors. A little more, a little more, a <laughs> little more, a little more. <laughs> Just give it to me, baby. <laughs> donut after donut after donut. <laughs> Just He's give it, lean, give it lean, eating machine. Yeah, yeah I, I uh, you know what? If I don't have the time today, I'll have the time tomorrow. Uh, there's always room for jello. Uh, wait, no, that doesn't work. There's always room for Star Wars. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, just keep, no, they could just keep giving it to me. Just keep giving it to me. I, I don't care. Um, well, because you'll just well, pick what you want, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the movies are front and center, but so, okay, the movie comes out. I spend a year waiting for it to come out. So when it comes out, I'm actually I'm gonna go watch it. It's not like I don't have the time for it. <laughs> and then there's a, a, a couple of month grace period where I'm waiting for it to get on digital. <laughs> but other than that, I'm not really wait. Like you know, uh, it's it's there when I need it. So when it's so this is what I'm gonna say to the metal mando. It'll be there when you're ready. You don't have to you don't have to rush. You don't have to you know you you need to know it all, and you're gonna know it all. All in due time. When you're ready, bam, it's going to be there. Or you're going to be waiting for it <laughs> because it's Star Wars. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, I guess there's there's a very cynical way to look at it in that this is Disney just ringing us out for every dime we're, we're, that we have. That they're just they just want to squeeze every cent out of us. But that's that's business. They didn't spend four billion bucks to just dole out content. Like it's a full court press and it's going to be this way for many years to come. Yeah. But I, I think Jeff is sort of talking about FOMO, the fear, the, the fear of missing out. And I think that's, that drives a lot of us in fandom. Like you, you feel like that 
whether it's a comic or a novel or you're, you're going to miss something big, like a big epic shakeup or a, an amazing scene, whatever it is. Yeah, but I, I think the, the, the truth is that like nobody can take it all in, right? Hmm. Like as it as it comes out, it's uh, well. Look, I mean, if if you're um, if you're balls deep in the books and the comics, like yeah, it's gonna it's you know, unless you're pre-ordering everything, like you you know you gotta you know you have to wait for the release dates and you gotta order it and then they come in the mail and then maybe somebody reads it before you and you're worried about spoilers and. And that type of stuff, um, yeah, it's it, it does get a little intense, but at the same time, you don't have to necessarily read everything. You don't have to, you know. Obviously, the visual stuff is different when you talk about the movies and the and the TV shows. Yeah, those those you've got to jump on. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a different story. And I mean, look, we're all here. I don't know one person who's listening to this podcast right now who's not going to watch episode nine on opening night. And if you don't, shame, <laughs> shame. Yeah, but other I mean, than I, that, ideally you see it opening night just so that you, for one, have that experience, but two, so that you don't get spoiled. That like that would be the worst. But like sometimes legitimate life things will sabotage you. But yeah, um, like I, 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 I try to keep up with everything as well as I can. But even for me, like as someone who's a diehard, obviously diehard in this galaxy, I want to know everything. I want to experience all the stories and, and dig deep on all the characters. Like I've, I've, I've just had to come to accept that it's, it's too much for me, whether it's, you know, for toys for sure. It's too much, uh, comics. I keep up as well as I can, but I've by no means bought everything. And I, there's, there's lots that I've missed. Uh, novels, same deal. I've, I've bought a good chunk of them. I've read them. I'm currently reading one. I'm getting another one in about two weeks time. Like it, it's, it's really difficult to keep up with any one aspect of star Wars outside of the movies and TV shows really, really hard. And I, if, if anybody is 100% up to date on all the books, all the comics, like especially the printing side of stuff, like, geez, like either you have no life and a lot of money or you have like, or you have like nothing to do with the money you do have and lots of time on your hands. Like, yeah. Well, speak speak for yourselves, man. I've consumed it all, all of it, (laughs) every single aspect, even episode nine. You sound like uh, Gilly from SNL. Or you consume it. You consume it by by buying it, but then it just goes into a long box and you haven't read anything. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've been pretty good with Star Wars, actually. Well, yeah, what issue are you up to reading in the, uh, the, the, the main the, title? The main title I haven't really sunk my teeth into, but most, a lot of other things I've, uh, I've read. Mm. But uh, right. I don't know, like, it's kind of... Novels. Where are you with novels? Not very far. <laughs> I think I read three. We're myth busting here, four. Carlos. Yeah, I've read what I read. Uh, Christ, I can't remember the name of it. The one we read for the, uh, the was it Catalyst or? Yeah, it was Catalyst. Uh, it was Catalyst Bloodline, Bloodline and uh, 
Aftermath. And, um, Aftermath, no. Like there's there's dark. There's been like thirty novels or so that have come out. Yeah, it's crazy. You can't keep up with that stuff unless you just can't. But when it comes to the the, the TV stuff, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be all right, man. We're gonna be all right. Like they're gonna divvy it out. Well, dispense uh, can, it you, out can sparingly. you imagine not having the Disney app? Like imagine being a diehard Star Wars fan and not being able to get Disney for one reason or another. I don't know. I think it'll still it's Star Wars. Somehow they'll make it available on DVD or Oh, they'll put yeah, eventually, sure. Not but, well, certainly I, not right away. I think our I think our most important thing before hitting any kind of panic button or anything is that we need a more clear and definitive timeline. So mean? like in the sense of this is coming out this date, this is coming out this date, this is how we're the structure of it all, you know, like they're not just going to drop all this stuff on us at the same time. I would hope not. It's going to be a complete free for all. And I think everyone well, I've spoken to is, we know what's coming and when. Well, they said what the Mandalorian, like latter part of 2019. No. Uh, well, there's no release date yet, but it's, it's hard to imagine it won't be available shortly after the release of, of the service, if not their day one. But then we also discussed prior that we don't know if it's going to drop like one episode at a time, which I think a lot of people are in the same – like want that as opposed to dropping it all at once. Like that could be overwhelming. Uh, so I'm on that kind of same page too. But everything's not going anywhere at the same time too, right? Like it's always going to be there. So we're all in the same boat in that regard. So we just got to – like again, to me it's like, okay, this is coming out first. These are the dates. Like, I'm just going to set aside time for it. Uh, Like, just Resistance, for example. Like, I never caught it the day of the release. I'd always catch it on the Wednesday, the middle of the week, right? And that didn't bother me, you know. Well, you would. You would. If if not for this podcast, this pesky time slot we're stuck with, you would have watched it on a Sunday night, no? Like, Uh, for me, if we didn't have this time slot, I would have, like, 9.30 would have been the last thing I do, and then I would have went to bed. Yeah, yeah. But You're instead, right. instead we record. So I, I like you. I wait till some at some point in the week. But yeah, like like I was telling Carlos before, like there's so much from all angles, especially the printing side. Like I think you you do have you have to pick and choose what's most important to you. And like whether it's uh, I'm a I'm a Galactic Civil War guy, so focus on the comics and novels coming from that area, and be ultra choosy on the rest. Or maybe there's a maybe I'm a Claudia Gray devotee, so you will just make sure you get everything that she writes. Or like again, like talking about focus and collecting. I'm Black Series only, or whatever it is. Um. Yeah, like you, you gotta you gotta pick and choose. You gotta prioritize what's important to you, or whether it's era or author or whatever, and, and attack it that way because you it's it's otherwise it's it's too much. There's too much to keep up, and they will gladly. Keep taking your money and keep overwhelming you. You'll never, I don't, I don't think you'll ever fully catch up. You almost want to also be with that first group to experience it, right? Like you don't want to yeah, be. Yeah, there's some know, kind of like award or trophy there. And, I and guess. there is none. There's no badge for being first, like a, a first way. Like fans that grew up in the OT era, we don't get badges for having been around longer. We're not better fans or, or, 
You know? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, Corey. It's true. Oh. We're, we're, not, we're not better than the fans that have only been around for, for two years or five years or whatever it is. You know, it, it's... But there is a thing. You do want to kind of be first in on these stories so that you can experience it with everybody else and have this collective freak out. Like, you don't want to be the guy pulling up the rear five years later going, I just read Catalyst! Guys, this is so good! And everybody goes, yeah, we know. Anyway, that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, Jeff, pick pick what's important to you and and run with that. If it's if it's Vader or if it's the OT era stuff. Or Mandalorians. Or yeah, or Mandos. Pick that, pick that angle and, and just go real deep on it. Alright, and Dan Miles in with a question this week. It's a good one. I like this question. Dan writes Just a thought watching Empire. The Emperor said to Vader that Luke could destroy them. Did he truly fear Luke that much? And if so, did he not fear Yoda and Obi-Wan, who he knew had had lived beyond Order 66? Or was it all mind games with Vader? That's from Dan Miles. Thank you, Dan. What do you think, Corey? Uh, yeah, I, th- I definitely think he, he thought of Luke as a threat. Maybe it's not that much at first. Because, you know, even when Vader brings him up to him the first time, like, can he be turned and all that? But uh, there's no real indication that the Emperor really gives a crap about Obi-Wan or Yoda, especially after the fact that Vader says that uh, Obi-Wan's out of the equation and can't teach him any longer, right? And Yoda, I mean, there's no real reason to think of him, think about Yoda. And again, Yoda's probably... I don't know, like, on well, his own little... There's that one line from, from Revenge of the Sith where they're like, did you find his body? Nope. Then he's not dead. Double your search. So, like, Palpatine did yeah, have Yoda no... on his mind, but I guess maybe, like, 20 years later, he's just like... Exactly. He got complacent. Like, there was no reason for him to ever believe and or know that that secret never really ever got out. So, I don't know. I think it's, uh... Like, Force ghosting's probably not a story the Sith would tell, you know? <laughs> Well, apparently they don't know about it. Exactly. So, and, and that's a, that's something else that's always bothered me, and I've, you know, it's it's because reasons. But like Vader took out Obi Wan on the first Death Star, and Luke had really yet to begin his training. So, how did if they don't know if the Sith don't know about Force ghosting? How did Luke get powerful? Like, who taught him? Did the, did they just feel like? He, they felt like he knew prior. They didn't know anything about this kid. They're like, oh man, he showed up with Obi-Wan. He, Obi-Wan must have trained him for like years before dropping him off here, not just a day. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Well, now the, the comics sort of fill in that information because now Luke and Vader's first confrontation is like days after A New Hope. And it's a, it's an actual little miniature little lightsaber thing which I think was way out of place, but it happened in like issue one or two or three of the, of the main Star Wars run. And Vader knew that this, you're, you're a neophyte. You got nothing. You can't do anything. So he had to have known that. But in Empire, the thing is, uh, in Empire, he actually says he's only a boy and Obi-Wan can't help him anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So in that regard, I don't so, think he really cared about Obi-Wan or, or Yoda. 
But definitely when it comes to Luke, like the the one thing the Emperor has is one thing that they, they really stress is I've foreseen this. I've foreseen that. Like this guy's mad with his visions. Like he foresee, foresees everything. He's a mastermind. That's how it helped him get to the position he is. But it's also his ultimate undoing as well. Like he just doesn't see this this one coming with Luke. Like yes, he poses a threat, but it's all because it's he shoots himself in the foot in the long run by getting everybody in the same room and everything unravels in front of him. But uh, yeah, man, definitely he definitely knew Luke was a threat in my opinion, like visions and whatnot. But the other two, he had no reason to anymore. Uh, what do you want to add to this, Carlos? Um, I, with Palpatine, there's always a little bit of both. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. There's always, there's a little bit of the truth and there's a little bit of how am I going to play Vader? So... I believe that it's a little bit of both. I, I, I'm trying. I'm not trying to loophole. I'm not trying to take the easy way out, like some people. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> what? But <laughs> but it really no. It really really is uh, both. Like just uh, just look at Palpatine. That's it's it's his mo. Everything he does is always on both sides. He's always playing both sides. Yeah. You could, yeah, you can make an argument that he fears Luke, and you can make an argument that he doesn't really give a rat's ass. I think you can do both, but like, do you think like Palpatine knew about the prophecy of the Chosen One, right? Like, of course, he knew. It's he, a Sith prophecy, no? Yeah, he he bragged about knowing both sides, and he studied all the blah blah blah. And I'm I'm sure Anakin would have told him too at some point, right? Um, like, I I think. I think Palpatine is probably really proud of himself for believing that he had taken that away from the Jedi. Like by stealing Anakin the chosen one away. Like I think he's extra proud of that fact. That he believes that he he supersedes prophecy and and visions of the future and destinies and all that stuff. I think he's he's gets off on that. Yeah, he thinks he's omnipotent at a certain point. Yeah, exactly. His visions, he feels like he's able to manipulate every situation almost. So, like, at one point, he's kind of gets complacent. Yeah, over your your overconfidence is your weakness. But I I don't think Palpatine ever really feared Luke Skywalker himself. And I know he tells Vader he could destroy us, but I never took that even as a little kid reading listening to that i never took that as him fearing that luke was going to show up one day and just cut them both to ribbons like luke was never going to be powerful enough in in that era to be a match for palpatine for both of them like i never really got that sense i definitely bought it and i still do to this day it's definitely a vision that he had like this boy Whatever comes with him, he's a Skywalker, you know, like he's he's going to bring the whole thing toppling down. I've seen it. Yeah. And he, I, I think what he feared is Anakin. And I think he obviously Palpatine knew the, the, the issues that Anakin had with attachment and, and love. Like he loved people to a, like a dangerous and, and toxic level. And I believe now, of course, this is, you know, the, the benefit of hindsight and watching the prequels and, and 
watching the movies over and over and over, I think he wasn't, again, he wasn't afraid of Luke showing up and kicking their ass so much as he was afraid that Luke could bring Vader, could bring Anakin back. And if Anakin, the chosen one, comes back, now I'm in trouble. That's what yeah, I, uh, I think. That's I think it all kind of plays into itself, though. Like, it, yeah. Like, Luke could have sh- showed up with no lightsaber at all to Death Star 2. And the outcome arguably could have been the same. That's a good point. Right? Like, I don't think that Luke Luke's fighting abilities factor in at all. Like, Palpatine could have had his way with Luke at any point. You know, I think, you know, Luke, Luke was still a young guy. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Palpatine really was too scared of Luke as, as a warrior so much as he was afraid of Luke, the Jedi, which is compassion and loving people, which is what Palpatine really feared. The thing is that it's the trope of the, the evil genius who would probably, it would probably be in the evil genius's best interest to uh, kill James Bond. And not, and not just leave him there tied and and hope that the shark with the laser beam attached to his head is going to actually kill him. <laughs> yep. He's trying to get Luke to turn at that point. Yeah, but how much of it is him trying to turn and how much of it is just because reasons? You know it's what because, I mean? It's because reasons. You're trying to tell a story. It's yeah. like you're not listening to me. Man, I'm going to zap you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, what, what's his name? Seth Green? He actually says it in the first. Uh, Why did you Austin kill Powers. him now? He's right. Just kill there. him now. He's right. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? You just, can just end it all right now. Just kill him. I got a gun in my room. I can go get it right now. Bam, <laughs> bam, bam. They're dead. No, I'm not going to do that, Scotty. No. It's like, you're right. Like, totally, 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 Carlos. Like, if they had any brains at all, they would have either cook Luke with force lightning or just shot him out the airlock. But it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, whoever the general is for uh, the empire, like, uh, yeah, they failed on every front. <laughs> oh yeah. The empire is stupid. They're dumb. <laughs> They're absolutely dumb. Like, for all the, for all the grief that the, uh, the resistance and the first order get and how these sequels don't make any sense from this standpoint that hey, watch out. We could just absolutely gut the OT on from that standpoint. We could absolutely gut it if we wanted to. Maybe I'll do that one day. Like Sheev is definitely having a bad day. When you think about that whole battle of Endor, like the fleet, the rebel fleet should have been annihilated. Uh, We're in position, sir. Hold your fire. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. Like, he he screws up everything. Yeah, it could have just been... Like, his Palpatine wants to show off, right? Yeah, he wants to show off the Death Star, right? It's, that it's, thing's it's, operational. It's, it's Scotty Evil again. Yeah. You've got a whole fleet of Star Destroyers. I'll give them the word. Bam! <laughs> it's over. It's over. No, yeah. no, no. Let's just sit back and we'll, we'll wait while the Rebels do their thing down below. But in the meantime... Maybe I'll think about possibly turning on the Death Star and picking them off. Slowly. <laughs> yeah. Ludicrous. Because reasons. 
But yeah. that that's that's how stories work. This is if, if these things were airtight, the movies would be over in five seconds. That's true. Uh yeah, I, I think that's I think that's my answer. I don't think uh I don't think Palpatine feared Luke that much, but he feared what Luke could do to Anakin. I.e. bring him back. Yeah, but then if that's the case, why not just kill him right away? Story. Yeah, I get it. Okay, never mind. Because reasons, and, and, and also because... <laughs> no, it's like, could he be turned? And he's like, the thoughts, the possibilities, like, yeah. The greed. Yeah, but what? Yes. The, the greed. But, but, the greed, yeah. Well, look, yeah, I don't know. Well, what could Luke do that Anakin didn't? Just be around longer? I don't know, he's a Skywalker. He's got that strong Skywalker blood running through him. Yeah, one guy's like a... a cause Half I, machine. He's like, eh. He's like, I could be put you in the trash compactor. Vader and Palpatine had a horrible relationship anyway. Like they were, they were both apprehensive and mistrustful of each other. It's like, I know you got, got, done got me. They knew they were lying to each other about all kinds of stuff, including Luke's existence, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, Palpatine saw Luke as an upgrade. Here's, I got, I got, I got fresh meat to work with here. He's young. He's, he's, an up and coming half robot. Yeah, he's rough. He's coarse. He gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he grew up on a sand planet. All right. Well, that's I. Yeah, I think that's about it. I. I yeah. Anything else? I yeah. want a Palpatine prequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep saying it over and over, and it's never gonna get old. Just do it. Absolutely. I would, yeah, I, I would like to see some prequel backstory for sure. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Dan, thank you for the great question this week. And uh, that'll, that'll do it for this podcast, everybody. Episode 169 is in the books. And thank you again to Dan and to Jeff for the awesome questions. If you out there want to send in a question to us, you can do that by sending an email to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And we will fit it into a future podcast. Uh, shout out to Rob Wade from Emotionally14.com for endorsing the, this episode of the podcast as part of the E14 endorsed program, which of course you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. Bunch of cool podcasts there I'm happy to be associated with. And also check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We've got nine awesome podcasts for you to check out. Uh, whatever it is you like about Star Wars, the Star Wars Commonwealth is going to cover it. And we're going to have some presents at Celebration coming up. So make sure you get on board now. Get familiar with the different podcasts because it's going to get crazy in about two weeks' time. All right, guys. So with all that out of the way, Carlos, what's going on? Where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Candido Music on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Carlos Candido, and you could go to patreon.com slash Carlos Creates and become a patron of the Carlos Creates campaign. And I just released two songs for the month of March. I release a song every month and uh, be a part of our community. Carlos Creates, $3 a month is the uh, the entry barrier, and uh, you won't regret it. You will not regret it. And Corey, where do people find you? Well, Kyle. Carlos, I'm happy to tell you both and everybody listening 
that you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Facebook, our closed Facebook group. Come check us out there, certainly. It's always active and fun in that group. And uh, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 169. Uh, Really appreciate the time you give us. And we'll catch you all again very, very soon in an upcoming episode. Have yourselves a great week, and we'll talk later. It's not fair.